for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is June 28th, 2022, and today's guest is one of my good friends, Jake Borders. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is number 224, and we are one week closer to the fall, and one week closer, I mean, we are we are there. We are there at Velvet Fest right now. Hashtag Velvet Fest from the Exodus Outdoor Gear, guys. I love this time of the year. Actually, last night, I drove around for a good hour looking for some bucks, and found a couple nothing real great yet what i mean by that i mean i know it's early but uh, a couple wide deer but a couple deer that maybe might be you know somewhat the age that i want to chase but uh not on my property i can tell you that right now i haven't found one on my property yet but it's early like i said it's we're, we're just we're just knocking on the door of july here so i'm excited for it but um Today's podcast is not about Velvet Fest. Today's podcast is, is is with one of my good buddies that I, you know, basically grew up with for a long time, um, Jake Borders. And Jake came over not too long ago, and and we we sat down and talked on a podcast. And Jake is one of those guys that uh, you know he's got Facebook, doesn't not not a big social media guy, but uh, he just gets it done every year. He's just what I like to call the silent killers. They uh, it's not uh, if they're going to kill this year, it's just when. And this, this we're talking about his last year season, his 2021 season, where he killed two awesome Michigan deer. And honestly, we get into a little bit, but Jake's never been out of the county he's lived in uh, hunting ever. Like this is where he's always hunted. And I think that's really cool. He's got an awesome wall in his man cave full of deer mounts that uh, – are no deer that are no deer that should be you should be bashful about. I mean, he's killed some he's killed some studs, man, and he does it with a bow, does it with a gun. But particularly last year, he was chasing one wide deer. He calls Joe Wyden, which I thought was an awesome name, and um, the story's pretty cool about it. He actually kills the deer on the ground. That's all I'm gonna say. So 
we're going to get into that um, today. Before we get into that interview, though, I do want to thank a couple partners, Helix Broadheads, first and foremost. Um, you guys, I've had a lot of inquiries on Broadheads and want to know more about these Broadheads. Well, we're going to be doing a giveaway. Uh, I'm going to be doing a, a podcast with Bryant here soon, probably this week. Uh, just catching up with him, but talking about the broadheads a little bit, but we're also going, going to launch the um, giveaway at that time as well. So it'll be a good chance for you guys to um, get these broadheads in your hands and try them out. Honestly, I think you should be shooting the 125s. Um, they're single bevel, like I said uh, in previous podcasts. They're single bevel, fixed blade broadheads that uh, just flat out work. Honestly, that's all they do. They're just workhorses. So if you guys want to learn more about them, uh, go to helixbroadheads.com. Next, uh, Vector Arrows. So Isaac and the guys, they just dropped their ZMRs again, another uh, order of ZMRs last Friday. So they're going to go on pause for a little bit with the ZMRs. They're going to get the HMRs out. That's their heavier setup, which I have those as well. And I really like those also. Um, they're going to start doing their HMRs, running those a little bit more. But uh, the ZMRs, man, I shot those at TAC. I Honestly, I have nothing bad to say about them at all. These arrows are awesome. They're really easy. That takes the guesswork out of everything. Go check them out at vectorcustomshop.com. And then uh, lastly, Latitude Tree Saddles. So I'm going to do a podcast with Al at least Alex. Um, hopefully, might be able to get Kevin and Jake on there as well. So might be able to get all of them. If not, at least Alex, I'm going to get them on there. And we're going to talk Latitude stuff. And I'm really excited about this partnership because uh, I saddle hunted 10 years ago. For two seasons, I was exclusively a saddle hunter. And I gave it a shot, and I didn't like it. Um, you know, there was there. I'm going to get into a podcast on why I didn't like it. I've said it before, but I'm going to do a whole podcast on this. But for a couple of things, I just didn't like it. And honestly, you know, from a 30,000 foot view is... There just wasn't the info out there that uh, we have now, and the gear is or wasn't what it is now back then. Um, I'm just going to leave it there. But I have a whole list of, of things that I did like and I didn't like about it. But I'm giving it a shot again this year, and uh, I've already been playing around with it. I've already been hanging in a method two quite a bit, shooting out of it in the yard, and everything's feeling really good so far. Trying to get my system dialed in and uh, figuring out what I'm going to do. So those guys are going to come on. And we're going to talk shortly. Um, if you guys want to try out Latitude Tree Saddles, go to LatitudeOutdoors.com. I want to make sure that's right. Yes, LatitudeOutdoors.com. I should have that wrote down, but it was right over my shoulder, and I just had to glance over there and make sure. But go check them out. I mean, I know saddle hunting is a big fad right now, but honestly, I think it's here to stay. Like, honestly, I really think saddles, I think they're going to be like, I shouldn't say the new norm, but like, I think they are, I mean, climbers are basically all but gone. Climber tree stands. And I'm never going to say like lock-ons are all, they're going to leave. They won't. But I honestly think tree saddles and, and, and lock-ons are going to be one of the same, if that makes sense. Like, I think they're going to be parallels. Like, I think it's just saddle hunt is going to be a standard, just like lock-on tree stands are. So I recommend you guys trying them out. They're not for everybody. I get that. But 
try them out. I mean, if you got a friend that's got one, go sit in it. Go hang around in a little bit. They're comfortable. Uh, it's going to take some getting used to. There is a learning curve, but uh, they're very comfortable and very very nice to use when you're in a tree and maneuvering and all that stuff like that. So we're going to give her a shot this year again. So go to latitudeoutdoors.com and uh, check them out, make an order. I should have a code. I think I'm getting a code from these guys here shortly. So I'll be able to supply you guys with that as well. So with that being said, let's get over to this interview. Um, also, I'd actually, now I want to talk about YouTube channel. Go go to the Fall Podcast YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the notification on there. I'm trying to get my subscribers up and try to get my owl my hours watched up uh, before this fall because I've got some cool things on the pipeline. I want to get it out to as many people as I can. So the more subscribers, the more hours watched, that means the more people it gets to. So I'm trying to be more um, more frequent on YouTube. So go over there and uh, leave some love. Appreciate it, guys. So uh, yeah, let's go over this interview with Jake. And here it is. All right, we're back. We're hot. It is another episode of the Fall Podcast, and today I got one of my old friends on, Jake Borders. We uh, grew up together. I mean, we've known each other since junior high, really. Yeah. I mean, like right after grade school. You and I went to two different elementary schools, but yep. once we... Our school district, where we went to school, is like the biggest in Michigan, I think. Is it still, you think? I think it still is, yeah. It's five... Square mileage. Yeah, square mileage-wise, yep. but we have five elementary grade schools that combined into junior high and then and then high school so you know when we went to junior high it was like you just seeing kids from oh, all yeah. over that you've never seen before <laughs> it's crazy baseball or something <laughs> exactly yep. yep so we've known each other for a long time you're a big hunter we used to do a lot of rabbit hunting yep. back in the day you still do a lot i need to get back into it oh, <laughs> I, I miss it, it dude love it <laughs> but uh um i want to talk to you today about just bs and uh catch up a little bit, but you had a hell of a year last year, but not only last year, you have a, seems like you have a good year about every year or every other year. You're yeah. just, you're like on the ball. <laughs> I'm pretty fortunate, pretty lucky, you know, can't I complain. I mean, luck does come into it, but dude, you got, you, you know some shit. So that's why like you're, I say it about a lot of guests on here, but you're the type of guy that like why I started this podcast, like the guy like you and I just talked about, you don't have Instagram, you have a Facebook, but like you're not a social media nope. guy. What I call you, you're kind of like a silent killer. Like you're just like, you go yeah, out there. Yeah, and pretty much. <laughs> the only way I know if you kill is if you text me or something yep. or I'll see it pop up on Facebook. But um, no, it, this'll be a good one because honestly, I don't even know the stories of your box from last year and uh, I want to get into it. But First and foremost, kind of tell everybody out there who you are and what you do for a living. That's kind of how you're brought up. Okay. Uh, my name's Jake Borders. You know, I grew up in McCoss County since 98. My parents moved up here from down by Brighton. So I didn't know you were an import. Yes, sir. Really? Yep. So do you still have family in Brighton? Uh, my dad's sisters, and that's it. Everybody okay. else had kind of moved up after we did. I got you. I did not know that you yeah. moved up here. So why well, did you move up here then? Well, my dad was born in Clare. Okay. My grandma and grandpa grew up in Marion. Oh. So dad didn't like the city. He had to get back up here. Oh, for he couldn't sure. hunt down there. I could only imagine your dad just being like, nope. Yep. <laughs> Best thing he ever did for me is move me up here. Because <laughs> I, I don't know what it's... Don't even know what it's like down there anymore because, yeah. you know, if I go south 46, that's 
downstate. <laughs> <laughs> and if you go, oh, I, I had a buddy ask me this the other day. He goes, uh, when do you hit up north? Like to you, where's up north? Like wh- what? how high do you have to go? Uh, we got property up in Prescott, yep. Skidway Lake area. Yep. So I'm going to say right up there. That's, okay. that's up north for me. I got you. My, my whole thing is like where it hits heavy conifer trees where it's like you just it goes from you know we're an ag right now in isabella yeah. macosta county it's a lot of ag isabella i think is probably more ag than macosta county maybe i don't know anyway when you get in Clare county and it starts like feeling really berry like where a bear would live yep. that's like okay you know you get to 115 that goes up to like cadillac and stuff like that i'm like okay now I'm I'm up north now, yeah. you know. So like when the trees change a little bit and you get into some thicker timber, that's that's where I feel like yeah. I'm up north. So, so yeah, you moved up is, here from Brighton, yep. And in '98, I uh, work right now at the Road Commission from Acosta County. So been there know, for a while, haven't you? I've been there be 12 years this year. I'm getting up there with lots of vacation time to take off for the rut. And there you go. I built a house three years ago. Married for 12 years, got an eight-year-old boy, <laughs> yep, living the life. There you go, man. So your boy's got to be into hunting like crazy. I see him like with turkey pictures and yep. rabbits and shit like that, so he's got to be ate up with it, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Anything small game. I haven't yeah. taken that step to deer hunting yet because I was, I was 14 before I carry a rifle in the woods. I know, know dude. I mean? When we were there, it was like... Growing up, it was like 12. You couldn't hunt until you were 12 with yep. a bow. And then gun season was 14. You know, so did you hunt when you were 12 with a bow? I did not. Really? No. Nope. I think I was, I was close. I think it was 13. I shot my first buck with a rifle at 14 on the youth hunt with my dad. And that okay. was it. No more. Really? No more youth hunt. Oh, yeah. Good. Yep. <laughs> so that's your dad was like I, a one and done yep. deal. Yep. Yep. Get your feet wet. Now you can do it mm-hmm. just like I had to. You know, and I've had this conversation with a couple guys, Michigan guys that have young kids. I'm not against the youth hunt. I'm against the youth hunt in September. Yeah. That, that's that's where I'm at. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty strong against it because my dad did not allow me to youth hunt. And he didn't allow my sister to. And none of the guys at our deer camp, our family farm, you've been up there. Yeah. None of them got to youth hunt at the cabin. And... You know, it was just, you know, it was, I think it was a generational thing with my dad and his friends and stuff like that. It's like, my, you know, why? Like, our kids are ate up with it no matter what. Right. So, like, why do they, should they start a couple weeks before us? And I agree. Like, you know, I mean, when we were in high school, there was kids that were shooting giant deer oh, yeah. in the youth hunt. And then never hunted year. again. Yeah. You know? And it's like, God damn. Like, yeah, I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie right? to you. But, like, I don't know. And... And then he, the guy I was talking to, he posed the question. He's like, so you're going to let your daughter youth hunt when you're, and I'm like, I'm not going to answer that right now, but like, I might change a heart, you know, yeah, in 10 years or so. I'm at that point where, I mean, he's my, my boy is big. I mean, he's a big boy. He can hang right in there with me, rabbit hunting yep. and turkey hunting, but you know, carrying a high powered rifle out in the woods. He's going to do it all by himself. I'm not carrying nothing for him. Well, that's what my dad said, too, about my bow. It's like I had to pull a certain poundage. I could pull 35 pounds when I was 12. I mean, I was yep. I was small, you know. And he's like, you got to put a group of 
you know, four or five arrows in a pie plate at 20 yards. And then, you know, you got to hunt by yourself. Like he never hunted with me when it, with a bow, right. but with a gun he did, you know, and I went out with, when I was 12 and shot a, you know, a doe. And then I shot a six pointer and I was like, he's like, then he shut me down. He's like, and now being a dad, I know why he did because like, you know, now it's my time to hunt. Right. You know yep. what I mean? So yep. absolutely, I get it now. And, um, but I'm, I'm really happy and thankful that I've been able to accomplish a lot of my goals before my daughter is to that point where it's like, it probably, if I wouldn't accomplish some things that I have so far, it probably would have been harder for me to be like, take a night off where it's like, ah, dad wants to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So now, honestly, I feel like I've accomplished just about not everything, but like all the big ones. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to kill some pretty big deer that I've wanted. Like I've been able to win my Super Bowl as like I I look at it. So now it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, let's go. You know, that's really selfish of me, but, (laughs) you know, but hell, you only get one shot at this life. So, but, and and that was all planned too, like trying to be planned. I didn't plan to kill a booner or nothing like that, but I wanted to like go hard until when she was little, you know, and, and, and when she was going to be going, coming up in it, like I wanted to be able to just kind of like hit cruise control and just focus on her. Right. Really, that's that was the kind of planned out aspect. Yep. So, do you look at the same kind of stuff with your with your son and like what you're doing? Yeah, um, you know, I, I try to hunt as much as I can, and yeah, usually he's right there with me. Not bow hunting yet. I mean, yep. I like to get up up in the tree stand, but mm-hmm. he's still, uh, you know, time to go in yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gets I took a little him antsy. Three years ago, opening day rifle and. I think it was six i was back to the house by nine. Oh, really opening day rifle you know in the morning yeah Ooh. but and as a dad you got to be like you got to like if they're ready to pull the plug you got to yep. pull the plug absolutely like you know and you can <laughs> in the back of your head you're like fuck uh-huh. you know what i well, mean like i went home sat in the couch listened for the old lady to shoot one <laughs> She come in at 11. I grabbed my gun, went back out. There you go. Was back in by noon, had one on the ground. <laughs> Jesus. I, I forgot f- your wife's a big hunter, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she reminds me every day when we're eating dinner. That she's got the bigger yeah, deer. see my bigger deer up there. That's fun. Yeah. That's good. That's good, though. That's healthy. I like that. Yep. And that's when you can be like, all right, you watch the sun. Yeah. I'm going out. Yep. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, she's, she tried the bow hunting gig, but... No, she didn't really care for that much. She likes to really? go out with the heater and oh, dude, kick her I feet do too. up. You know, and it's like, I don't know how you feel about it, but like, I'm so hardcore bow hunting. I don't mind hunting with a gun, but like when I do, I want a heater. Yep. I want a, I want a cush blind. I'm not going to lie. Like I've done the, the old blinds. Like we're growing up, we had decent blinds, but I'm like, I want windows. I want a heater. I want snacks. I want, you know, yeah, coffee. Yeah, I know. It's way. like, I'm a pussy now. <laughs> but yeah, like back in the day, I was in a tripod, oh, in yeah. the wind. Just, just T- soaking it all the up. wind, you know? <laughs> you look like a cow out in the middle of a pasture, just taking the yep. wind and the rain on the side of your face. Oh, yeah. But dude, you've you've killed some giants in Michigan. So you've never, prob- have you hunted out of Michigan? I have never hunted out of Macosta County so, for a deer. That's what's unique about you because you've stuck to your roots and like 
you know, you've killed some studs. Yeah. And in Macasa County is it's a good county. I mean, it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. But it's it's not like it comes easy for you either. I mean, you work your ass off for yeah. it. You know, so like, have you ever had that? Uh, a thought in your head like man i, I want to travel a little bit i want to go out of state have you had that bug yet oh yeah yeah, yeah. the last couple of years especially last year after i shot my one with a bow yep i had actually shot it before i took my three weeks off in late october early november yeah sorry three had, weeks yeah your rotation's three weeks long three to four holy shit i need to get a job with the county yeah. <laughs> but i shot that one and it was the one i was after so then I'm like, well, what am I going to do for my vacation now? I mean, I still hunted every day, but right. it wasn't. Well, we get two buck tags here, right. so yeah. But I didn't didn't have one on camera or anything that I was oh, really you wanted. Didn't. So you killed your number one, and then you're like, yep. now I got to find one. Got to find one. <laughs> got to find another one. How many acres do you have access to here and where you hunt? Where I hunt. You live on a 20, right? I where live you built your a, house. live on a 20. The farmer next to me lets, lets me hunt the 40, so there's 60 right at my house. I got an 80 I got permission on a mile from the house. My grandpa's got a 40, and my dad's got 70 over by the high school. Yep. Your dad's got a good chunk. Yeah, it's a good chunk. Real good chunk. Yeah. I want to wander on that chunk. <laughs> it's even better now that I got him to cut it. Really? Yeah, two years ago. Getting mature? Yeah. Was I was it? like, Dad, I can see from my blind to your blind through the hardwoods. Yeah. This ain't. It's not working no more. So, yeah, we, we clear cut her. Really? Cut everything? Cut everything down the whole middle of the woods. No shit. Yeah, I had to move my blind and everything because I can't see nothing now. It's just thick. Oh, dude. But, but, but for the next awesome. 15, 20 years, it's going to be legit. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got you've got spots. You've got yep. a good enough. And honestly, like, it's no rocket science, science or nothing like that. But the more spots you can have the more pressure you know you can leave off areas and kind of bounce from here to there oh, you yeah. know what i mean and it's like so beneficial and i see it with the two pieces like i hunt here at my house but then i hunt at the cabin so it's like i could hunt here like here by my house early season the first five days of october is like you got to get in there but after that before like in between like the 5th of october to like you know getting to the 20th of october there's like a two-week period where it's like man you might not see a deer around right. here for a while they're yep. just moving looking for the most valuable food around or whatever and if i don't have the food um with the crop rotation and everything it's pretty hit or miss so you know i try to i try to sit here opening day and then but if i have something pretty hardcore at, at the big woods at the cabin it's like okay, I'm going to jump now. But honestly, it doesn't really happen like that. It's, and you know how it is. Like big woods is very like, it's hit or miss. It's, it's so like, you got to be at the right place at the right yeah. time. You know what I mean? You could know that woods like the back of your hand, but it's like a lot of it is luck. It's yeah. you, you, you do have to know terrain where the deer move and everything. But man, when you have 220 acres of timber, it's like, in the mile section, I mean, that mile section, you know, up on west of us, there's a pretty big ag field. But other than that, it's right. timber. Yeah. The whole mile section, you know. So it's like, in and our, our property is a big passerby thing, you know. You, and now that they've cut it, we've cut it the last two years, three years. Cut it, 
right at the beginning of COVID, and then they came in and cut some more this year. It's thick and it's nice, yeah. But it's gonna play a lot different than it ever has. Yeah, you I'm, know. I'm trying to figure Dad's property back out again. So with that, like, you know, coming in and doing a clear cut, like coming into that next fall, how different was that? Oh, it was horrible. I hated it. Really? Yeah. Was was it pretty grown up though by fall? It, Did they cut it in the spring? Yeah, they cut it. I think that was the first COVID too. Yep. And they cut it 19, first thing in the was spring. It, or no, 20. It would have been 20. spring of 20. Yep. Yep. And yeah, by that fall, I mean, it was it was probably five, six foot tall. Ours was the same. Yep. And they, they browsed it big time. I mean, they were in there. But once all the leaves come down, Ooh. it was just open. Really? Yeah. So, but your is your dad's pretty flat? No, it's pretty hilly. Is it? Yeah. So, could you still enter, an, you know, good entry and good exit? To stands and locations and stuff like that? To to my rifle blind, no. To all my bow stands, yeah, because I always hunt the edge. We got we got field right behind the house, which leads into pine trees. And the, the hardwood is all to the north side. Yeah. So I can sneak along the edge of the pine trees to get to all my bow stands. So. Gotcha. How did that fall square out? Did, like, did you kill anything back there? Or did your dad? Nope. My brother shot a pretty nice eight point. Was that the tall, tight one? Yes. He that was a good deer. Yep. Yeah. So he killed that. Was that with the gun? Yep. He only gun hunts my brother. Okay. So how was bow season though? With when the when the foliage came down, how did you like? That's new for you. Like you've probably never hunted a clear cut before. No. So, never. So like, how are you? How did? What did you learn that season? Like with about clear cuts and how to hunt it during bow season. Well. Oh, that's kind of a hard one because I, I didn't hunt it a whole lot because I was scared. To, I couldn't see really anything when the, <laughs> the foliage was there. Yep. I mean, I'm used to being able to see some. But yeah. Once once all the cover come down, then I thought it was too open. Yeah. So I did more hunting over to my place. But, but, I mean, you still ran cameras, didn't you? Oh, yeah. So did your cameras show anything as far as like more daylight movement or less daylight movement? It's all been about the same. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we got school woods right next to us, so that's kind of that's not hunted. Our sanctuary. <laughs> I mean, if I want, if I could run cameras back there, Oof. I know I could get some serious. There's a cross country course that runs through it though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something to see people running by when you're in your tree stand. Oh, I bet that took a long time to get used to. Really? But, but um, with that pressure over there. That had to have affected you guys a little bit, though, too, didn't it? The cross-country track? Yeah. It did at first, I think, but now, if I'm walking out to my tree stand, the the does just kind of look at me like... Oh, really? Oh, hey, there's another walker. There's another guy running. Did you put short shorts on and, no. and, and, and a tank top? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But it's, it's weird, because they'll just stand there and look at you now. Really? But there's people walking nonstop right next to us because i think like teachers and stuff like yeah. walk that too just to teachers people walking their dogs oh really oh yeah. is it open to the public yeah oh okay i didn't know that so now with all the regen there was no that fall there was no light bulb moments of like other than man like I, it's just wide open and i can't hunt it so you just basically folded on it yeah i i try to not hunt it too much unless i got a deer that I really want. Yep. Because I like it 
you know, I like to go right behind my house and yep. be able to hunt my own property. So I kind of leave it for my dad for when he gets home from work to go out to his own property, you know? Right. So did your dad, your, your brother killed that year. Your dad didn't, your dad's a pretty, pretty le- like religious bow hunter too, isn't he? Oh, yeah. So he's like hardcore into it. So what did he, I mean, what was the info he was giving you like, that's freaking clear cut. This sucks. Or and like, what was the what was the the morale? I guess. Yeah, at first he was not too impressed with it. <laughs> I mean, but I think this year because it is. I mean, even last year it was phenomenal. So two years into the cut, yep. it's like this third year though. It should be. I mean, even when the leaves come down, you're not gonna be able to see a deer walk through it. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> ours was cut. Like I said, that same time frame, yours was cut, and. uh I went in there this spring before the foliage was up and it is all these popple, new regen popple growth and dude, it is thick. Yep. Like it is, you can't see, it's a wall of just popple shoots. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and thorns. Um, oh dude, everywhere. And uh, I actually went out there. Hmm. Shit. When was it? It was during turkey season. It was in May. And I went out there to put a camera out on a scrape, a mock scrape that we did. And uh, I walked through it again. And the foliage was just starting. Like, it was budding. And yeah. it was there was a little bit, but not, like, full bloom. And it was, dude, the ground foliage, like, the the ground, like, the sunlight's getting to the ground now. It's, it's knee-high. The grass is knee-high. And I'm like, oh yeah. oh, yeah, let's go. You know, there's there's forage everywhere for not only deer, but rabbits i mean we used to rabbit hump there all the time and now like do you you, if you saw a rabbit you're like you're saying something about it at camp you're like dude i saw a rabbit (laughs) like here we go you know back in high school it was like you know we'd go up there and clean house on bunnies and it's now it's just like man so i'm excited about that but uh i've never really hunted clear cuts either so i'm trying to learn that that's why i'm like i'm gonna pick your brain see how what you thought of it it's a new New learning curve for sure. And I'm used to the the swamps and swamp edges next to our ag fields. And mm-hmm. so. so talking about swamps, that's another thing. So you you kind of cut your teeth in the swamp, um, which a lot of guys, you know, the big buck killers like the Troy Pottingers, like not so much swamp, but he it's like a dark timber thing. So like swamp to me. Like when he hunts out in Idaho, Idaho, it's like dark timber. Swamp is dark timber. You know what I mean? Right. Like that. Like his his thing is like big bucks get killed in dark timber. So like, when did you really start hunting the swamps around you? And I guess what was one of the biggest learning curves you had to like kind of, I guess, overcome? Maybe you know because you hunted behind your dad's yep. your whole life basically. And then when you moved, that's when you kind of got into the swamp hunt, right? Well, I was 16, 17, right about when I got my driver's license. Okay. And I could venture out by myself and go yep. to my aunt and uncle's property or yep. the famous 40 that my dad grew up hunting. Oh, yeah. And that's all cedar swamp. Yep. So it was it was hard at first. I mean, I'm used to hunting hardwoods that I can see 200 yards through when you go mm-hmm. to a swamp that... 30 yards and you're lucky you can see that far so looking back at that though like when you made that first that fall when you went to that cedar swamp like 
like I said, well, like what was the biggest learning curve? You're like, man, I got to do things different. Like what was that light bulb thing? Like, ah, that's not working what I do behind the old man. So (laughs) the, the spot they like to hunt the most on the 40 is we call it the Island. It's like two acres, just this huge knoll. It's all huge hemlock trees. And I really like to hunt back there, but every time you walk back there, you bust deer. Mm-hmm. No matter if it's the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, every time you're hearing deer blow. And it just pissed me off. Because <laughs> I've, I've watched my uncles and my dad pull all these deer out of there. Yeah. And I couldn't even walk back there without spooking all the deer. Right. So I kind of had to go back to their ways of going around all the way to the back and coming in, you know, playing the wind, basically. I, yep. Here I am walking right, letting the wind blow right through the whole swamp and clearing the whole thing right out. And that probably was just like, I did the same thing, but that was just being a young, dumb kid yep. and not really knowing, just like, hey, I'm, a, I'm a hunter. Yeah. I'm going out to hunt, you know? So like, you know, school of hard knocks kind of thing, you got to learn on the fly. Yep. And it might take you four or five times. So you're like, well, shit, I can't do that again, yeah. you know? Well, I've been hunting that since I was 16, and I have yet to kill a big buck on that 40. Really? But I just, we'd only hunt so many spots on it because I never wanted to go all the way to the back. Okay. Because it butts up to uh, Sackett's Fields. Mm-hmm. But there's a guy that owns a 40 with just a little sliver that butts up to our swamp. And he always, he hunts it hard. You'd always hear the corn feeders go off. And so we always just kind of stayed away from there. Mm-hmm. I didn't. But I finally got my dad to take me back there this winter and show me where he used to hunt. And, oh, man, that's, that's nice back that's there. That's where the big deer get yeah. pulled out of. So this this 40, it's all cedar swamp then? All cedar every, swamp. Every inch of it. Yep. Is it wet all fall? It is wet. Yeah, if we get a lot of rain, it'll be wet. I mean, you got to wear waders, waders or, down yep. here to get back to some spots. Hip boots or anything yep. like that. So, like... You got to find some unique ways to get in quiet. I did a lot of work this winter. Really? Cutting trees, making little log trails. Really? Yep. So that's interesting. This opens a whole nother bag of worms. I didn't think we were going to talk about, but I like it. So going back to when you talk about walking around to the backside, like learning, those are some of the things that's like, in your head, I feel like a lot of hunters that might be like learning a lot is like, well, the, you know, shortest distance between two points is A to B. Like it's like right there, you know? So why do that? Unless, you know, this was a big light bulb moment I had back in like 2015 where, um, I went in a certain way kind of by accident and on a deer kind of by accident, I had to go around a section of timber. I had to, cause it wasn't on us. And I ended up by accident kind of finding out how the deer were moving through there. And I was like, well, if I would have went right through that timber, I would have blown every deer. I couldn't have, but like, it was like a light bulb thing. Like, Hey, normally my past me would have been like, I'm going to blow right through there. If we would have owned it, I'm going to walk right through there. Yep. But that's where all the deer were yarded up and bedding and right so like i look at things now like okay so if you have if you have the opportunity to be to be able to like enter or exit from different areas if you've got to walk 400 yards out of your way 
you need to do that. Yeah, like, I'm walking. The, the Hambino is a great, great example. So that morning that I encountered him, he went off to my north. Well, where we have to get out of the stand, we have to walk north. So he went to my north. Well, there's a big pond dam up there, and there's like cedar trees all around the pond dam. And he took a doe up there. And I, I remember telling myself, like, I got to act like he took that doe up there and is betting it on that pond dam. Like, because we had to get out of the stand. It was so cold. We were losing battery life in our cameras and stuff like that. We had to get out for an hour or two. And uh, what we ended up doing was getting down and walking straight west. Okay. To get north, we walked straight west for like three, four hundred yards. I keep, it was it was a ways. It seemed like it was people don't take vacations that far. It felt like right. you know. And we did a big loop around that pond dam, and same thing when we came in, we did that same loop and got in. And then at three thirty, he walked by me from that pond dam, yep. came from that pond dam and killed him. So I'm like, light bulb. Maybe he wasn't at the pond dam, but I think he was. You almost got, you almost got to act like he's there. Right. You know what I mean. So, like, when those little things go off in my head, it's like, trigger, like, okay, you, you gotta, you gotta, every step is crucial. Oh, yeah. So, like, when you finally figured out, like, you don't want to blow deer, how did you figure out how to get into some of these stands, like, or the island where to get back there? I would, I would try to keep on the high spot so I didn't have to wear waders because that's just a pain in the butt. I know. But- <laughs> that would suck. I did a lot of dropping trees through water holes and, and making cuts to way around where I knew they wouldn't be bedding. Um, it, it still is a a learning. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Do you do you think there's a way in there without blowing any deer or are you always going to give something up? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm always going to blow a deer out of there. Yeah. And that's just the nature of it. Being that thick, that's where those deer want to be. Yep. So if you like kind of broke down, are you the only one that hunts it? Me and my dad, yeah. Okay, so you don't really have to contend with a lot of different no. people doing different things. So um, do you and your dad, are you kind of on the same page as far as like, if you're going to go to this stand, this is how you need to get into it? Or if oh, the yeah. wind, if the wind's wrong, don't go into it? Or no. you guys on the same page then? Yeah, I mean, we used to, I used to not even go in there to the island or anything, but Three years ago, my aunt and uncle sold a lot of their property. Well, the 80 that butted up to this 40, I used to be able to hunt too because it was my aunt and uncle's. Mm-hmm. Now I got a new guy hunting all that and all my old stands. So I have to go into the swamp now to try to get them before they go out to the ag field. Uh, I see. So you're trying to cut them so off, yeah, basically. I'm still trying to learn. I mean, I had it pretty well figured out where I could hunt along the edges and you didn't have to go in the bedding. I didn't have to go in the bedding. Okay, so that makes sense. So now are you like are you hunting at morning and night or are you finding like little tendencies where it's like I can't hunt this in the evening or I can't hunt in the morning? At Midway USA, we know the AR15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. 
If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Mornings, I don't like to hunt in the mornings. For what reason? Because they're always coming in there. If mm-hmm. I get back in there, it's Like good. you can't beat them in there, you're saying. No, I, I can beat them in there, but it's going to be early. But I'm going to be sitting all day if... Yeah, you got to sit all day. If I get in there. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise, I'm going to blow the deer coming out. Mm-hmm. So have you done that yet? Have you like went in there and was like, I'm, I'm committing all day? I have. Any... I mean, I know you said you haven't killed anything on it, but like any good encounters, like have you seen success as far as seeing good bucks in there? I've seen a lot of nice bucks in there, but it's so thick that with a bow, I mean, I got a lot of new shooting lanes this year. I spent a lot of time there this winter. Just cutting. and Just cutting, opening stuff up. Are you prepping trees before season, getting stands in them, so then come fall, you're like... Yep, I will not step foot in there until I go to sit. So you're a set stand guy. You're not a, not very mobile as far as like taking a stand in on no, your back. I yeah. have a one stand and some uh, climbing sticks, hawk. Yep. I've had it for years, but I hardly ever use it. It's nice to have that tool in your bag, though. If yep. you see a deer doing something, you're like, I got to go hang a stand now. Like grab that mobile set and go. Yep. You know, I get that. I've totally flipped my hunting on its on its head. Like. You know, around here in, in farm country, I'm hunting tight to bedding a lot where I think they're bedding and it's small, little ag like you saw it tonight, like, yep. you know, little patches of timber, little, you know, wooded fence rows. So like around here, I do, I've got set stands and, but it doesn't mean I might not go in and just do a hanging hunt somewhere where I see a deer do something. I've done that a lot, but like at the cabin, it's like, I haven't set a stand there in four years probably i don't have a stance hanging there no nothing nope and uh uh like this this spring i i am i prepped all my trees this spring for saddles i'm saddle hunting again this this spring or this this fall but i went and prepped probably i don't know 10 trees probably that are already cut out trimmed out Hopefully they stay trimmed out, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, we're at, now I can just go in with sticks and a platform and climb up there and I'm good to go. And uh, it's been a long time since I've done that as far as like, you know, in the, I, I, I always do spring scouting, but it's like never to the point where when I go out scouting, I'm like prepping trees at the same time. It's always been like, oh, I find this area and then I'll come back and do it. Right. I always... I was like, man, you know, building the house and you're trying to like be efficient with your time. You're like, I'm just going to prep it right now. So I took a handsaw on me, all private ground so I can cut whatever. And I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. So we'll see. I grew up, my dad was more of a, a build a ladder stand and just we're going to keep it up for the next 20 years and just keep adding boards. And yep. so we got a lot of stands like that too. But. Well, we were both that way too. I mean, we grew up bait hunters. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, when you were, when you were in high school, how many different stands did you think you hunted in a given year, in a given fall? Who I think we got, I think I got 13 stands, both stands on my dad's. And that's in, just in the 70. fall, like when you were in, in high school, you were hunting, like you could hopscotch. Yep. And that was between you and your dad and your brother probably, right? Yep. Well, my brother never bow hunted, so it's oh, always right. been yep. just me and dad. So like, 
for us it was kind of the same thing but like you know the cabin was the only or the family farm was the only hunting i had like i that's that's where i hunted and we had so many guys hunting up there we had kind of had our little areas we couldn't like branch out for a sense you know we if you bow hunt you can go wherever you want gun hunting everybody's kind of got their spots but yep. you know i grew up with one stand maybe two maybe three and they were all baited we rotated my dad and i'd hunt them you know and that's just how it was so it's just it's just funny how you evolve and i i asked jim shoemaker he was a podcast guest not too long ago and he was kind of that same way and i asked him the question basically like you know when did you start moving and why did you start moving he's like well i just want to see more deer and i just want to see them closer and i wanted to see you know, and he's like, I saw a good buck one time working through the timber and I moved over there and I just had, I was like, I wanted to move over there. Like, why would I be here if he's over there? And yeah. I'm like, you know, some people, for me, it took a little bit longer to, to realize that, but you know, you do. And, and to me, honestly, um, if you want to learn at a rapid pace, you got to be a mobile hunter. Honestly, I, I really feel... And that doesn't necessarily mean you take a stand or a saddle in on your back or anything. That's just like have a lot of opportunity or a lot of different, uh, you know, places to go, yeah. different sets. Yeah. I mean, you could be the guy that sets 35 set stands before season. That's still to me, I mean, you're hopscotching, you're still kind of mobile, right? You know, which so. is more, more what I do. I mean, yeah, if the wind's not right for a spot I want to go to. I pick a different spot. Now, if you if you are in that instance and you want to get in that area that it's not good for, have you ever taken a stand and is like, I'm just going to kind of tweak it a little bit and just get off a little ways and just kind of hang it and hunt it? Yeah, and I got a, a climbing stand too mm-hmm. that I bought quite a few years ago, but I'm, I never got very comfortable with it. Yep. So I, I did that a few times, but I would always just, take my whole set and move it over. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Do you think do you think you've probably done more harm in a lot of instances doing that than good rather than just taking a stand in with you or something like that and hanging it and hunting it? No, I don't think so. No. I'm just curious because no. I'm I'm just you know how many deer that we probably push around we don't even know that oh, we push yeah. around. It's just like I, I I feel like that number is just astronomical. Yep. You know, walking in I always feel like I'm walking on eggshells in the fall. Yeah. I think I pretty well got most of my stands figured out, though. I mean, I've been hunting the same property for so long that the stand goes in that tree every year. And yep. You just, you got times of the year that you, you know the deer are going to be there, and mm-hmm. it seems to work out. Hunting those same trees year in and year out for years, like, do you see deer? I mean, you might have like an old matriarch doe that like comes in and she just picks you every time. You know, she's been picked before. Do you see deer uh, moving their patterns a little bit farther and farther away from that tree, or you know, do you see any instances like that? No, because I I really don't hunt them that much. I mean, right. I like to hunt as much as I can, but I will not hunt the same stand over and over again. How many? How many? Uh, how many how many sets do you think you give in a stand in a fall in like one particular sit stand sorry not sit maybe four to five okay and how many different s- setups do you have in all the property you can hunt do you think ballpark it oh <laughs> I'm gonna say probably twenty twenty five okay so I mean you've got 
a lot of different options. Yeah, I got many options. For all different winds? Yep. I mean, 20 acres behind my house, I got five different stands. Uh, all wind wind pending? Like, yep. uh, all wind-based? Yep. So you do all your stands on wind-based, obviously with terrain features and stuff like that. Um, your best stand, you got to have a go-to kill tree on there, on your 20 acres. Yep. It's the corner. You don't have to give coordinates if you don't want to. It's the inside corner of the ag field where it goes into... My swamp. Yeah. I got a cedar tree. Well, it's a group of four cedar trees. And I got to stand right in the middle of them cedars. And that's that's the go-to spot. So what do you, what like what conditions do you got to have to hunt that? Perfectly, I want an east wind, which doesn't Never happen happens. <laughs> very seldom. So, it, but there's a lot of times if I know the deer is there, I'm going in anyways. So does crop rotation hurt you at all year in and year out? Like, is it better when it's corn or better when it's beans? Uh, it was hay for 10 years. In the last three years, it's been corn. And I've shot deer two years. Last two years, I've shot deer back there. And if they'd leave the corn on a little bit longer, it'd be ideal. Oh, but yeah. It's, be- it. it's better than, I mean, at least they're shelling it. They're not chopping it for silage or anything, right. so we're coming and, off early October. Yeah, or late September. Right. <laughs> I like when that corn sits there till about eh, October 20th, and you can bring the yep. you can bring the combine in and get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I try to get them to keep it till November, but it never seems to happen. Yeah. So that spot, is that more of a... Uh, morning or evening spot? Evening. Evening. Yep. So do you don't even touch it in the mornings? Nope. And it's more of a transition coming from bed to food? Yep. Are you getting them coming from the bedding in the evening, going to the food, or yeah. are you? Yep. And is it like same runway, you know, like time, yep. place? <laughs> you got it pretty dialed. I got it pretty dialed back there. Yeah. So as far as like time frame when are you starting to hit that like do you monitor cameras pretty good back there to where you know like i'm gonna wait till the buck shows up in daylight or do you know by like october 20th you're gonna be in there yeah it's it's usually right around thanksgiving or thanksgiving uh halloween yep. is when i really start i want to get back there it doesn't always happen but that's that's my ideal time i got you so uh, how how much merit do you put into to trail cams then? Like, do you run a lot of cameras? Not a whole lot. I mean, I got a couple of cheap Moultrie cell cams last year for Christmas. Yeah. And I get my blurry pictures through there. It's kind of <laughs> neat, you know, but I mean, we I run them in the, in the summer. Yeah. Get get the velvet inventory and and you watch. Are you more of the type of like I know they're here, so I'm just gonna hunt it how I know how to hunt it yep. and just wait for it to happen. I I really got into the yeah I got into the card pulling to where it's fun. Yeah, I put the camera out and then like three days later I'm gonna <laughs> run out there in the morning before I go to work <laughs> just to see what's back there. Yeah. And it, I think it was five six years ago. I just had a horrible year. I think I shot three different bucks. I remember this. And never got a one of them. And, and the card pull on the different bow, wounding this one, wounding that one. I just gave up that year. Really? So after that, I mean, I'll run the run the cameras in the summer, but I don't 
get too crazy about it. Really? So I know it's tough, dude. I I was the same way. Like, put a camera out, and it's like, I don't know. It's been six days. I probably yep. should go check it. You know, I had to take up basket weaving, basically, just to keep my time, my right. mind off it. But um, I'll tell you what, the cell cams, I run a lot of cell cams now, the XS renders, and they, I love it because it scratches the itch a little bit enough to where it's like I get it right on my uh, cellular cellular unit here right. and it's like well all right okay I, I know that there's deer there we're good to go and uh, I don't have to go anywhere you know and especially around here I've said it before in, in farm country like these little these little woodlots you gotta stay the hell out of them yep. like you gotta you gotta treat these little woodlots differently you know um I don't know. It's just, I think they're perfect for cell cams and I stay out until I know that uh, October 20th around here, that's when I'm like, okay, if uh, if a cold front hits around October 20th, I'm in my best stand here. So it's just, I don't even have to have a deer on camera uh, in daylight. I just know it'll it'll eventually happen if I can get that cold front come through or or a rain. I love a rain. I love getting in right after a rain. So... Yeah, that's how it worked out this year when my bow one was right after the rain. Let's get into that because last year my season was uh, ridiculous for right after our rain. I killed two of my three deer right after a heavy rain, and and honestly, man, it's probably my favorite time to hunt. So let's let's get into that. Let's start. Uh, this is the wide one, right? Yep. That big deer, that big wide one. So let's start back um, when you first like knew about this deer and like. Let's start from the beginning. When did what did you, did you start getting pictures of them or yep. you see them in the summer? I got them on camera in August, and this behind your house? No, nope, this is on property. I got permission to hunt. Okay, just about a mile from my house. And that first picture, it just blew my mind. How I'm excited like, were you when you saw a deer that wide? Oh, I was stoked. I mean, I went right to dad. You guys see this deer that I got on camera, and. I knew he'd go two foot wide. <laughs> At least inside. And At least. Yeah, he's right there, 23 and change. Inside? That's outside. Outside. Well, he was a little narrower than I thought, but. You, you're not going to pass I'm him. Not just gonna, because you're yeah. going to ground check him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny funny how it all worked out, though. I can't wait to hear it. So, wait, let's start. August, though. You get pictures of him in August. Yep. And then, like, gears are turning. I know how you are. You're getting, you know. Getting a little hard on here, same yep. as me. It's like, what do you do then in August? Like, you got to be like, I gotta, yeah, I gotta figure this out. Like, well, the trail he was coming down is it's a trail they use every year, and I've never hunted it. I've always stayed back off of it. Well, this year I went in as soon as I got that picture and cleared the spot to where it it's a trail that comes out of a swamp, goes through hardwoods, and comes into like this little apple orchard. Well, the apple is all grown up with autumn bushes, so you okay. couldn't shoot any of it. So I went in and cleared a whole bunch of that out. In August. In August, where I could shoot. You know, I'm going to kill this deer. That's the deer I want. Were you worried about him changing his patterns at all? Absolutely. So <laughs> I'm in there just sweating my ass off, stinking it all up. And it I, took- I'm, not, I'm not saying so much from the pressure, but like you're setting up were you setting up to killing the first couple of days of season then? Yeah. Like hoping he's, his yep. pattern is going to stay the same. Yep. Okay. Okay. I got you. Which this property is really good for that. Like okay. Early season and you know, later season, it gets it's 
a lot of pressure around me. Mm-hmm. So they go like like to go down in that deep swamp and they're hard to get out of there then. Okay. So you get this picture, you're you're in there sweating your bag off and smelling it up. So you get this like what explain the setup to me. Like how, what's the setup look like? Well, it's, this trail that comes through the hardwoods is all real thick. Automobile bushes too. Mm-hmm. But it's it, where it comes out into this apple orchard and I'm in a huge beech tree. And so, they keep their leaves for a while. Yep, beaches th- which I their, planned on. Yep. So yeah, I set up right on right on the corner where he's gonna come out. The wind as long as the wind's north in my face, it's a huge ravine behind me. Fall Drop, just goes falls just, right down. Yep, right down to a big creek. Yep. And it I just knew if he kept on that routine, it happened there. So uh Everything was out in front of you, so it, this was kind of pinching this deer down. So you knew yep. you're pretty bulletproof if you could just get in there, and he kept the course. You're going to be good. So yep. like, you get out of there. Is this a cell cam you got on on this? Or you, nope. Oh, uh, really? So, uh, how much did you check the card then going into September? I checked it. I think two or three times, and he was on there the first couple pulls, and I never seen him again. Was he all daylight? Yep. Really? All daylight Doing the same thing. Same thing. Any any uh, patterns as far as time or weather or moon phases? You know, I, I've never really paid much attention to that okay. until I really started listening to your podcast more okay. yep. and getting everybody else, yep. else's stuff. That's I'll be looking into that more. It'd be interesting. Have you ever heard of Weather Underground? Not until you said something about so it. So if you go to Weather Underground, and this is what I geek out about, so like... If you go there and you take those pictures, look back. This is why I love, love cell cams so much is because you get instant data. Right. You know what I mean? You know what the weather is right now when I get a picture, so you know. But, like, you can go to Weather Underground and you can go back to the days that you got the pictures of them. Like, I love breaking down shit he's doing this on a northeast wind when it's a waxing crescent moon or whatever. You know what I mean? So, it's yeah. like there's two variables right there. Like, let's try to put the piece that's when i geek out so that's why i like ask you was there any patterns you looked at or it's like oh he's doing this you know or but you didn't really look into that never really paid much attention to it so i mean you're you're wholeheartedly like gonna get in october one in the stand as long as the wind's right as long as the wind's right yep and you needed a north wind yep north wind so okay so (laughs) when you went and, and pulled the cards and he wasn't there How'd that feeling go? It, it was depressing, but there was a couple other really nice ones back in there. So okay. it was, I think, the 4th of October, maybe. So I you went went, did you go in and hunt? Yep. On the 4th, the first day that you hunted it? The first day was the 4th, I think, yeah. And, and you I, held off because of the wind? The wind, yeah. Okay. And I had another one that I was going to shoot come in to 40 yards. Oh. But I had those staring at me. So I couldn't get the bow back, and I actually watched him walk away. And the neighbor texted me. He had just messed up on him. Before he came to you? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like missed him or like went to draw and couldn't? Drew, sitting on the ground, he said. He said, I drew back. He was walking by, and he goes, I went, meh. (laughs) And it took off running, ran right to me. And then I couldn't get on him because of the doe. So he made it through, and I didn't go back until... 
I'd have to look on my phone. I think it was the 23rd or 24th when I shot the so big did, one. Okay, so but did this deer show up at all again? No. Well, after the 4th, I never went back in there again. When was the last picture you got of him? Do you remember what day? September something? It was middle of September. So he just left. He made that transition. He flipped. He went. Yep. And uh, you went in the fourth, saw that deer, then didn't go back. So were you pretty like in your head where you're like, oh, I fucked this up. Like I, 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 my sense in there, I'm pressuring it. I shouldn't have done it. Like what, what, what are you thinking? Well, everybody has them deer disappear. I mean, I just kind of chalked it up to he moved on to greener, greener pastures. Yeah. So, so I didn't beat myself up too much because I, I hadn't been back there that much other yep. than pull the card, which drive the ranger back, doesn't don't even step out, just pull the card and away I go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you talk to the neighbor. Do you have a pretty good relationship with the neighbor? Like, do you ask him, like, hey, you got any? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we share pictures back and forth. So did, was he getting them? He had him on camera, yeah. A lot? Not a lot, but he had one middle of October. Oh, he did. Okay. Yep. So you knew he was still around. So I knew he was still around. So coming into that latter part of October, you I guess why didn't you go back in October? I just I re, try not to get pressured up too much. Really? I mean it's that's not my property. They they're generous enough to let me hunt there. Mm-hmm. His boy does like to bow hunt, so I try not to go back and mess his hunting up either. Oh, so so I mean you're compete not competing, but you're you've got yep. other guys that are hunting it. So you're trying he to He kinda like, stays up to the front. I go all the way to the back. Yep. So it, it works out. Were you sharing pictures with him at all? Is he like kind of a serious hunter or no? No, not really. So he's just kinda out there yep. just just doing it to do it. Yep. Which is fine. I'm just wondering like, is he getting them on his camera? He did or? have them on camera. Oh he did. Yep. Throughout October. I, yeah. Middle of October-ish. So, how big is this property? 80 acres, you said? Yep. Is it, I mean, is it all wooded? No. F- the first 40 off the road is all field, and then it goes into huge rolling hills, got a creek running through it, and then drops off into the big cedar swamp. Okay. So, <clears throat> man, it's just interesting to, like, I guess looking back at it now, do you know where he moved to? Did yeah. you put the pieces? Okay, don't tell me yet. Okay. <laughs> so going through October, you didn't hunt him until when? I believe it was the 22nd or 23rd, right around there. Okay, run me through that day. What happened then? It was raining. Dang near all day. But I just heard from the other guys next to me that they had him on camera a couple of days prior. So I knew he was around. Mm-hmm. I had the right win. I wanted to check my card because it's been out there for Two just, and a half weeks. Just marinating. Yeah. So I'm, I'm <laughs> dying to find this, find out what's out there. So I get home from work, hurry up, shower, run out there. First thing I do is I go right to my camera, pull the card, you know. Put your up, camera right by your stand? Yeah, right by okay. my stand. Yep. So I get up in my stand and start going through the pictures, and I got the other really nice one that I'd shoot. Daylight? Daylight. Right, first thing in the morning, though, and I'm hunting in the evening. Yep. Right after work. But I get to the night prior to where I'm when I'm out there and I have pictures of coon dogs. Oh really? I have pictures of people all night long. 
Spotlights, really? Jeff Coondog. Like people that should be there or shouldn't be there. Yeah, they they had got permission. Oh, okay. Which okay. I didn't know that. Dude, that's gonna be I demoralizing. Was so bummed out. Bummed. I was sitting out there in the rain. I knew the rain was gonna stop. You know, I had it all planned out. I probably would have got down. <laughs> well, this this is where it all gets a little different. Okay, good, good. So I sit there and I stew on it all night long. Don't see a deer. The rain stops. Still don't see a deer. And it's getting to where it's half hour before dark. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm out. I'm getting down. I ain't no deer. With a half hour, like prime time. Yep. I'm like, you're bouncing. I'm out. <laughs> I get down. Get my bow off my bow string. For some stupid reason, I knock an arrow. Wait, well, okay. So you're at the ground. I'm at the ground. And you knock an arrow. You've I, never knocked I've an arrow before. I've never knocked an arrow. But when I walk out, I got to walk out. I got to go down the hill, cross the creek. And as soon as I pop up a hill, it's all hayfield. But it's there's a, another little apple orchard towards this junkyard. I cross the creek. I get to the top of the hill, and it's getting pretty dark. But you can still see the I shoe. I can still see. Yep. I have a slider adjustable sight. I always yep. leave a sight at 30 yards. Just crest the top of this hill. Look to my left at this apple tree, and he, here he stands, staring at me. How far? Forty-six yards. Oh, just He's got you pinned already. Got me pinned, rock solid, like a bird dog, right on me. And you knew it was him right away because yep. he's so wide. Yeah. Thank God I had an arrow knock. I, I put my binoculars on him. I'm like, holy shit, that's him. Put my rangefinder up, ranging forty-six yards. Like I can do that. I've practiced. Got oh, a new yeah. bowl this year. Yep. Forty six. You practice a lot. I know you're a good shot too. So I I still have my pen at thirty yards though, which I know forty aim just a little bit high, but forty six is a little uncharted territory. Is, <laughs> is, is is getting out there, but he's I knew he's gonna duck. Oh yeah. So I set it just a little bit high, like I did at forty. Drew back, touched it off, and as soon as I hit the trigger duck and run but the arrow was already there did you have a lighted knock on yep. so where did you see impact it was, it was perfect money money shot blitz right through him yep <laughs> oh, dude. and it wasn't 20 seconds my phone's going off in my pocket the guy's next to me <laughs> i answered the phone they go what the fuck was that noise the, gu- the guys that hunt next to you yep yeah, they had watched me get out of the stand and we're texting back and forth to each other. Jake's leaving already. What the hell's going on? And then I shoot this deer. <laughs> they watched the whole thing. They they couldn't see me shoot they it, but hear they the heard it. Go off. Yep. No shit. Yep. They call me. They're like, what was that noise? I'm like, dude, the deer, we all named him Joe Wyden. Joe. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody was after him. Joe Wyden. Yep. That is. Fucking awesome. So I, I tell him, I'm like, dude. I just shot Joe. I, I just shot Joe. Joe Wyden is down. He, I did, did, did he ran out of there? Yeah, he, he booked. I mean, I didn't see him go down, but mm-hmm. they were like, they, they were ecstatic. I'll meet you at your house. So they all come over and we went and tracked him and he went whew, 300 yards probably. Really? How was the blood? I just painted. Really? And he went that far? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. 
Where so you? I mean, what'd you take out when you hit him? Right behind the pocket, like yep. or right behind the shoulder. Both lungs, take, but just double lung. Yep. But when it hit perfect on the end hole, the Audi was a little bit high because he was ducking and wheeling. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. unbelievable. I did not know you shot him on the ground. I thought it was in the tree. Nope. Wow. So explain him a little bit. I mean, he's wide, but like, you know. Yeah, he's 23 and what'd you say? Wide? 23 and change, 23 and a half. Dude, it's so wide. Yeah, unbelievable. Did you put a tape on him at all? I got him right at 130. What a stud, though. Which I'm not no professional tape measure guy, but. Yeah, but you're, you know how to run I, tape. Yeah, I know the ropes. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, how many, how many beers did you delete that night after you found oh, him? Oh, there's quite a few. <laughs> it was a long night. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's fun. That's fun. Of course, you know, I had to call my dad, tell him I shot him. and He probably knew all about him too, right? Oh, or, yeah. Yep. Which he wanted to come over and help track him. I'm like, oh, I got these other guys here. You know, they hunt back here too. They're pretty hilly. And we ended up using a wench to get him up out of oh, where really? he died. Really? Yeah. And that's... <clears throat> To that tracking point, too, like, I don't have, like having a lot of guys, no. you know. Give me, you know, maybe two other guys than me, and it's like, let's just... And they got to be on the same page. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I've I've been on tracks where guys are... You got good blood, or you don't have blood, and they're doing just already doing loops out in front of you. Yep. And it's like, okay, no, you know, and you always feel like an ass, or you're like, get back <laughs> here, you know? Nah, that sucks. But... uh Dude, that's that's a cool story. Yeah, it's crazy how it all worked out. Is that uh, one of the more rewarding bucks that you've ever killed? Yeah, yeah. What did the landowner think? He was he was pretty excited. Was really. he? Yep. It, he and he was not a hunter, right? His son he, hunted. His son hunts. The old man doesn't know. What did the What did his son think? Was it pretty cool oh, that yeah. you shot that? Yeah, like he, was he wasn't excited. like mad or nope, nothing. Not a bit. That's fun. That's cool. That that's the way it should be, nope. you know. Which he always he always tells me, come out rifle hunting. No, that's not really not your not, thing. Not my thing, yeah. you know. That's cool. Yeah. So you get that deer down. <coughs> now with that <coughs> excuse me. That being a permission farm, you had other shooters on there. Were you like, I'm gonna go after those other shooters, or were you kinda like, ah, I'm nope. just gonna kinda I laid right back. Just leave it hunt at the house and everything nope. so what was showing up at the house on your and behind your house on the 20 behind my house i had a deer i had watched he was three and a half this year i called him moose okay real palmated real heavy split g2s he was a 14 point this year <laughs> really and i was trying to get all the neighbors to pass him again because he didn't he didn't do a huge jump from last year to this year i know Maybe. a couple of your neighbors Personally, that probably would have passed him. Or no? No. No? None of them would have? No. Really? No, I tried. They really? all said this year, no, he's if he comes by me, he's getting it. Okay. Which I knew this deer. I had him bow season, rifle season. I actually had him rifle season last year, 2021, 2020. 2020. I had him out in front of me with my boy. In the rifle blind. What was he then? He was 12 point. So he grew two points. Yep. But they were just little 
little little points. kickers. Yep. What do you think he scored the year before? Boy, that's a hard one because he doesn't have very tall tines. He's more just junkies, yeah, mass and junkie, real palmated all the way out. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a hundred inches. Oh, so he was like not. He was a good decent. Buck, he he but was not. decent buck, but yep. but he was he was unique. Mm-hmm. I'll show you the pictures of him. I mean, but I had had him out rifle season with my boy in the blind. I called my dad. I'm like, dude, Moose is out here, and Easton's telling me to shoot him. He goes, you told your neighbors you wouldn't do it. Don't do it. So I, uh, sorry, bud, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then this year, he got a little bit bigger. Yeah. Tried convincing everybody to let him go. Nope. They're all saying they're going to shoot him. So then with them saying they're going to shoot him, were you going to shoot him? I I personally was not. Okay. So, dude, that's, that's some freaking cojones yep. there. Good on you because... I know a freaking high percentage of humans and hunters that have like, they try to get a deer to pass and all your neighbors said no, that they would shoot them. Right. You know what I mean? Good well, on you. I mean, it, yeah, no, because I told my wife it was fair game. Okay, so you weren't going to shoot him, but your wife I, I could shoot him. I personally wasn't, but I told my wife she wanted to shoot him. What'd she say? I'm shooting him. Good for her. Yep. <laughs> and I knew opening day. <laughs> Of rifle season because she I like just poking the bear. <laughs> she just rifle hunts. So opening day, I sent her on the edge of the road mm-hmm. by where we live because I knew the deer would come off my property, and he'd go across the road and he'd go back to my grandpa's forty mm-hmm. to the south because that's where he exactly what he did last year. And I had him on camera on the cell cam the night prior to opening day. Oh really? So I knew he was there. Well, come opening morning, the neighbor to the west of me. Vern, he shoots at him twice, oh. misses. The deer runs across the road, and the guy from the to city. The south. Yep. The city guy got him 14 point. Said it was said it was wounded. So Vern hit him. Must be. Did he tape him, or did you go look at him? I went and looked at him. I got a couple pictures of him, but. Was he as impressive as you thought he was going to be, or was he a little smaller than you thought he was going to be? He still was pretty tight-racked. I mean, just no, just massive, just real yep. heavy, no points, other than the split G2s. Yeah. Was that guy pretty ecstatic to kill him? No. Really? Yeah. Well, why not? I I mean, he shot some nice deer. Okay. This so guy has. So he, he kind of considered it more as a mercy kill. Oh, because he was wounded. Because he was wounded. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. So, you know, he wasn't ex- excited as I thought he should be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because he's a cool deer, and I had a lot of lot of history with him. When you walked up on him, were you like, eh, he's, he's just what I thought he was? Yeah. Yeah. One more year it'd have been. One more year. Ugh. We'd yeah. have put him at four and a half, and I think he really would have. Blown up. Yeah. Man. So then, you know, you're in the gun season now, because I know you killed another good buck. So what's the story with that deer? Because... Uh, was that behind your house? Yep. So were you watching that deer too behind your house? Or was that like a new deer that came through? Well, come to find out, I had pictures of him, but it was on my 40, my grandpa's 40. To the south. To the south of me. So he just kind of transitioned, yep. moved a little bit. So I guess kind of walk us through gun season. How did your gun season end up like before that happened? Opening day, i never seen a deer. It's about was, par for the course. That was a bummer. <laughs> What'd your wife do? Your wife kill one? 
Nope, she didn't kill one this nope. year. Nope. And then, uh, so you didn't see opening opening day, you didn't see anything. How did, uh, you know, the next couple, couple of days look for you? I, I really didn't hunt too much. I kind of just like to go sit with other people. And my dad shot a nice one behind his house opening opening night. It's a given. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I took my grandpa's old Model 70 this year because I'd never hunted with it. Mm-hmm. And I went back behind the house where my uncle used to always hunt Thanksgiving morning. And I think that was the first I hunted since about the second or third day. Because I go back, I went back to work on the 18th. So by the time I get out of work, it's not worth going out. Right. Time change and yep. it's already dark. Basically, kind of. Right. You know. So I didn't go back out till Thanksgiving we had off. Thanksgiving morning. And? And I was going to go sit with the wife. I woke up. The boys spent the night at my mom and dad's because she was going to go hunting. Yep. So I get up, shake her. Come on, let's go. Time to get out there. Uh, I'm going to sleep in. Perfect. Like, Whatever. I'm going to go out there and shoot a deer then. <laughs> and you're blind. And lo and behold, 8 o'clock in the morning, here he comes. Comes up really? out of the cedar swamp, and all I could just see white horns. Good buck, too. Good buck. Yep. Good Michigan 8-point. Yep. And uh, I decided I was going to shoot him, threw the gun out the window, and kaboom. And he just stood there. Looking oh at boy! Me. Completely whiffed. <laughs> Did you know where you, where you shot? No high, idea. low. No. So then, what do you do? So I bear right back down on him. Threw another one in there and touched her off, and he hit the dirt. What happened the first shot? I have no idea. Where'd you hit him? High, really high. So you almost wonder if just in the commotion you aimed a little lower and got him. Yeah. Well. This is the farthest shot I've ever... He was almost 200 yards. Oh, really? And since or before that, I had never shot a buck with a rifle over 20 yards. No kidding? No kidding. Oh, so you're uh, you're 20 yards in and... Well, 46 yards in and now... I've shot farther deer with my bow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no shit. Jeez, so uh, he just dropped... Did you spine him or did you just... Yeah, I spined him. Did you have to go finish him? Nope. Nope. So with that, what was he doing? What was was he just transitioning through? Like, yeah, I mean, what was that spot like? Your where your wife's standing? It's right on the edge of a cornfield, butts up to my cedar swamp. So he's coming back into bed, probably, yep. all by himself. Yep, all by himself. No Only there I seen. Really, eight o'clock, just coming through. So what was he then? What would he end up? I never put like? tape on him, but. He he's was, a good deer. He was a little over 18 outside. Stud. I mean, you put him on the wall, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, he's he's a stud. Dude, it, it never ceases. First of all, I'm going to go into one thing before I go into that. Thanksgiving, to me, around our area, Thanksgiving, like when you get into that point of the season with, you know, we've already had almost 10 days of gun season. Right. It's pretty... It's hard to get me out of bed to go yeah. and want to go hunt with a gun at that point. And I, I, most of the time, if I'm here, I do it just because it's like family's here. But like same as you, I like to go sit with other people. It's yeah. like, you know, in an evening or whatever, let's go drink. I'll go drink some beers and I'll watch you shoot something right. kind of thing, you know. Um, 
but like it's tough around there. I mean, there's slim pickings around there. So in your area, are there a, a ton of hunters per square mile to where like, why did that deer make it through? I mean, cause everybody in your area that I know of would have probably shot that deer. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody that hunts around me definitely would have shot him, but there isn't a whole, whole lot of people to hunt. I yeah. mean, everybody, every property around me has their people that hunt it, but it's very few and far between when they do hunt it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky that it doesn't get a whole lot of pressure. Yeah. Do you think coming into that, like Thanksgiving time frame, people are just kind of burn out? Yeah. Well, I can remember back when we were younger, you know, if you didn't see a deer after, or a buck after the second day, you ain't going to see a buck. No. I mean. Not really. Which the last five years has been a huge difference around me with the antler point restrictions well and i will say this too like in high school i remember sitting you know because in our camp you gotta sit all day opening day that's the rule can't get up i mean if you shoot a deer you can get up get the deer you can take care of it but like you know if you're just sitting there hunting you gotta sit all day so i remember seeing 50 60 deer on opening day right now, some of those are repeats, yep. but like still, I mean, I'd say 20 to 30 different deer. I sat opening day this year. I didn't sit all day. I mean, they're pretty lenient on the rule now. It's, it's just, and I had obligations that afternoon. Um, I sat till, I don't know, 11 o'clock in the morning, and I saw like six deer, you know, and those were like barely saw six deer. I mean, I was, I was pie-eyed. I mean, the night before, Euchre got Euchre got the best of me. But, yeah. um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, I think it's just changed drastically since we were in high school. And and uh, the amount of hunters, I think, is, yeah. is went up a lot, you know. And uh, But I think there's a lot of smarter hunters. I really do. I, th- I mean, there's so much. When we were in high school, we didn't have, we had internet, but we didn't have YouTube. We didn't right. have you know, there's forums, but we didn't know anything about forums. Like we just went hunted, you know, you come to school and it's like, Hey, Jake, what'd you see? Lance, what'd you see? I mean, yep. what, what, you know, it's just like who killed, Oh, did you hear about such a, he killed this. And you know, it's like, you know, I talked to, uh, I was up in Saskatchewan on a bear hunt and my boss, his daughter's 12 years old and, uh, she's got an iPhone and I'm like, you know, the first time I ever got a phone was when I was 16 and could start driving. And I said, it was a track phone. Exactly. <laughs> and, and to boot, I didn't take my phone into school because I couldn't text on it. There was no Facebook. There was no MySpace at the time. Right. And it's like the phone was just there just to like emergencies, emergencies or to, you know, I remember when I would text on it, I could text on it, but I remember when I would, my dad would get the bill and beat my ass. Cause like, you know, so it's just, it's just different, man. Yeah. I just went down a rabbit hole, but <laughs> I don't know. What do you think right now, like coming from when we were in high school to now, like what is the biggest difference you've seen as far as like hunting goes? Could be anything. Who put you on the spot? People really, really letting the smaller ones go around me mainly. Yeah. I, I That's a, it's a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get on them. Them Facebook pages like Michigan Buck Pass Portal and stuff like that. Some of the deer people are letting go is pretty impressive. Yeah. It, I mean, there's some deer that people are letting go that I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I could do that, you know. 
And then like I think uh the Michigan uh what's it called? The Michigan Buck Bowl or yeah. whatever on Facebook. I think that Facebook group has done a lot because you see some studs that get pulled out of some areas oh, yeah. in Michigan where it's like, man, you know, I know they're around, but like there's other people who are like, man, they're here. You right. know, like, we've got those deer. It's like, yeah, we got those deer. So, yeah. Oh, my father-in-law shot that one. Giant. Three years ago, 165. Giant. Yeah. McCoskey County, right? It was just in Isabella County. Oh, was it? Yep. Yeah, that, that was a stud. I remember seeing that one. Did he know that deer was there? Yep. Yeah, we had them on camera. It's a lease property he has. Okay. And he was, that deer was religious. Really? Yep. How get, Did you ever get him aged? We didn't, no. What do you think he was? He, his body wasn't huge. No? No. I mean, he looked huge in the, the velvet summer pictures. His body mm-hmm. looked, but he shot him was late October. So he'd been running some, thinned up a little bit, but yep. at four and a half max. Really? Yeah. You know, you know those those uh, bucks that Swan shot in 18? Was it 18? Do you remember those two he shot in one yep. night? One night. Yep. He And we did a podcast. I've, I've referred to this podcast before. I think it was episode 10, maybe. It was like early one. Um I had him on. He killed a 138-inch deer and a 144-inch deer in the same night, October 4th. And when him and I went and recovered those deer, we were indulging in some adult beverages afterwards at right. the pole barn. And uh, um, we were kind of talking about, like, what do we think they aged at? And, uh, dude, you, you put a gun in my head. I was like, ah, oh, the 144, he's got to be – four years old and then the other one was going to be three years old well he sent the teeth in they're both two and a half both yeah. came back at two and a half years old and one that 138 was like i'm not gonna say he's a puppy dog but he was like <laughs> i mean he like other deer dwarfed him right you know what i mean it's like so when he started going back and looking at pictures, that 144, he had that deer on camera the year before as a year and a half old. Okay. And this deer scored, we figured probably around 110 inches. No kidding. And then he jumped to 144 ish. Wow. Give or take an inch or two. But yeah. That dude, was Christmas just, for him. Yeah. Yep. And it's just like, it's crazy. Like, uh, you know, you let those two. You, you nobody's ever gonna let those two go. No, I never. Not. And I would, I would tell him to shoot those two again. Right. But like, you let those two go again and get to three years old. What are you looking at then? Yeah. You know, you can say it about every deer. You know, if I let the Hambino go one year, right? What's he gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Well, he um, he was at the age though. He might start going the other way. I know he was seven and a half. I look back at him and I'm like, man. First of all, what made his one side just all go all funky? Right. The other, the other thing is like, when was he hit at his peak? Yeah, was he a two hundred inch deer at one year, one time? Right, I, I would love to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no, you don't have no history on him. No history, no neighbors or anything. You know, and um, I actually am Instagram. I don't think I'm Instagram friends with the dude. I think I've just looked him up because. Through the grapevine, I found out a guy that was hunting an adjoining property that's an Iowa resident. And I'm like, I've been thinking about reaching out to him and being like, hey, man, I shot this deer 
in 19. You know, I was just curious if you seen him, had right. history with him. I'll probably reach out to him. Like, I don't know why he'd be pissed or anything like that. But I just curious to see if like maybe this guy watched the damn thing grow up right you know and at, at five years old maybe he was 190 or 200 like that'd be cool to freaking yeah. know maybe he's got sheds i don't know so i'm, I'm i might reach out yeah to was him. he like that his whole life with that one side i don't know dude yeah. i really don't know and that's that's like crazy but to be seven and a half you know going through that many falls being rattled or called into so many guys right. How many guys went full draw on him? How many guys missed him? How many how many times did he get shot? Like, yeah, that's what's like so unique to me, you know. I don't know. It's neat. What uh, we'll, we'll wrap this bad boy up here in a little bit, but like, what uh, what do you got coming into? You don't have to say too much, but do you have any deer that you know made it through that you're looking forward to this next year? Yeah, there's one. The one I was after on that property there where I shot my big one last year he made it through he disappeared to middle of october we neither one of me or the neighbor seen him again until i think it was after after season like january he come he back, showed back up come back on camera he had him on camera and then they ended up getting the sheds to him oh really yep. the match he got both sides got both sides nice nice so you know he's gonna be around, but like anything at your house or anything? My house, no. It was I shot that one with my rifle, and that was about the biggest one that we had on camera. So you went back and looked, and you found out that you had pictures of him on your on your grandpa's. Yeah. Was he ever at your farm at all behind your house all season? I never seen him at my place, but the guy that's kitty corner from me, he had him on camera quite a bit, which is just across the road. Really? No. Yep. So he must have just made the loop and decided to come my side because as soon as I sent him a picture of it, he's like, oh, that's that's that eight point that you had on your grandpa's. Oh, I was like, oh okay. Yeah. So I wonder, I mean, that's, that's the other thing. It's like that deer, what is he doing a loop for food? Is he doing a loop for does? I mean, it's still, they said there's a second rut, but honestly, in Michigan, in our area, I've never seen a second rut. I've never seen it. Once November 15th, it, I'm telling everybody out there right now, you come to Isabella County or in our area around, Jake lives 15 minutes from me. He lives just into Macosta County. We don't see a second rut. I, I've never seen it. The rut last year, to me, stopped on November 5th. Like after November 5th, it was over to, for me. What I saw, what I physically saw from the stand. Right. The first through the fifth was hardcore. Running, chasing, bucks on does. I mean, you're seeing bucks locked down on does and ditches on main right. roads. Like, I watched a buck last year, wide deer. <clears throat> I was so tempted, but he was, after I shot my buck, he moved into this area. He didn't have, his G2s were like five inches maybe. His threes were maybe an inch. This deer was for like 36 hours locked down with a doe on my property could have stalked up on this deer and been within bow range and i, I messed with my wife a couple times i'm like i think i'm just gonna go over and try to get close to that deer and i'm like no don't do that because when you do you're gonna probably shoot him and i'm like i didn't want that deer right. like it's you know he's fun to watch 
if anybody drove by my house for those 36 hours, you would have seen him. He didn't move with this dough. Be you know? And it's just, it's crazy. I see that every year. There's one buck that will lock down with the dough for 36 hours or so, and you won't see him again. But I hope he made it through because this deer was 18, 19 inches wide, but he didn't have a tine over five inches. So it's like he was so like your deer, like really wide, but yep. just I think he was young. He shit, he could have been a year and a half, but I honestly think he was two and a half. Get one more year on him right. and just like see him blow up, hopefully. So we'll see. Are you uh are you changing anything for next year? Gear wise, uh setup wise, tactic wise, like you changing anything? I'd really like to go to that Garmin site, but you need to. We'll look at my war done. Yeah, that's. I I bought the Garmin dog tracker last year. Yeah. So convincing the wife another thousand bucks for another Garmin, I don't know. You can find them cheaper than that. You can find a used one, um, five hundred, six hundred bucks. Yeah. That are, you know, not that used, but they are worth it. Yeah, they look look pretty sweet. And uh, there ain't nothing ch- worse than having your. Range finder clanking no. around, trying to range, no move my sight. In in uh, <clears throat> when you pulled in tonight, I was shooting my bow because I'm going to tack tomorrow. So we're recording this on oh podcast land. What is it today? The June 9th. The night of June 9th, I'm going to tack this weekend. So I I have my other bow that I have my spot hog adjustable sight on because yeah. my I don't even know what I could get out of my Garmin. Maybe maybe eighty yards, maybe. Um, with my arrow setup, I've got a pretty heavy arrow setup on that. Um, but my 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 uh, spot hog, I can get about 100 to 105 out of it. So I'm like, and we're going to be shooting targets at 100. So I'm like, I yeah. want to be able to adjust a little yeah. bit, you know. I did that. Well, I just got that new bow last year. I shoot a bow tech, but. Yeah, you've shot bow tech for a long time. A long time, you? yeah. Yep. And I was out there 100 yards past. <laughs> and stupid me had my trailer next to my target <laughs> and i touched the trigger off i thought it sounded weird but i, I seen the target move because i got my target hanging mm-hmm. i get up there to find my arrow was stuck in my trailer tire <laughs> i think i remember you telling me that <laughs> uh, didn't replace trailer tire until just two weeks ago to go to the up yeah yeah trailer tires are really expensive right now uh, what is it yeah uh, I bought gas for five nineteen the other day. <sighs> Ridiculous, too. I'm going to buy a Prius. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would definitely recommend getting that Garmin, though. It's it's. I want to get one for my wife because, like you said, and I've said it before, it's like just eliminates a step in the process right. of like, you know, it's just one of those things. You just pull back, range, keep ranging, ranging, let go of the button or you can double punch and you've got fixed pins. It's just a fixed pin. So, All right. you know, um, but they're legit, man. And it's, I personally believe it is more, um, what's the word for it? Not, it's more ethical. I, I don't like throwing that word around a lot, but I think it's more ethical just because it does take a lot of people will probably fight with me and say, it's too easy but if if you think it's too easy, then why don't all of us go back to like, you know, longbows and stuff like that if it's too easy? I mean, we're shooting bows now with 
90% let off. Right. 85%, 90% let off. It's like, okay, how easy do you really want to get? Yeah. Do you want a crossbow? Like, and I don't want to go down the crossbow side of things, but like, I'm not going to shoot a crossbow until I absolutely have to, until yep. I physically have to. I, a lot of people don't know, I, I kind of, I mentioned it on the podcast last year, but I, in the dark, I'd hate on crossbows. And I'm like, you know what? I've never, I've shot them, but I've never used them. So I'm like, let me try to use one. So last, last turkey season, I went out and I was like, I want to be dedicated to shoot one with a crossbow. I struggled, struggled. Yeah. Struggled hardcore. Yeah. And then I ultimately uh, went to the shotgun and just shot one in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I but, did, did the bow thing for one year and I just, yep. just got to have the shotgun for 30 yeah, seasons. Yeah, you do. But, you know, I'm just like, I'm just not uh, not in the crossbow thing right now. When when I think if you're physically able to, to shoot a vertical bow, me personally, I think you should. Um, I get it. There's some instances where like you might be so busy in your career or your life to where you might not be able to practice and you want to be ethical. I get that. Right. You know, do what you got to do. Um, but to the garment thing is like, I don't know, man. I, I think you're, it's easy. They don't pay me to say this either. Like I'm not partnered with them. Nothing. But like, I think you're stupid to not shoot one. Right. Just because, the, I had this conversation with a guy, and he challenged me on like, you know, the whole Garmin thing and stuff like that. And I said, the deer has all the advantage, in my opinion. You're hunting on his farm, even though you own it and pay the taxes on it. Right, that's his home. You know what I mean? He's got the advantage on there. He, um, they've got the instinct and the will to live. Like they, you know, they got all that. So it's like. I don't know. There's so much gray area in like using cell cams and like, when is it unethical? When is it not? But like, are we, if we're, if we're, if you feel like we're giving too much ammo to the antis and everything, like let's talk about rifles then. Right. I'm not a great rifle shot, but if you get a, an animal within 500 yards of me, I'm going to put some lead in it. And you're telling me that's more ethical. Like you're telling me you're giving the deer a fighting chance then. But no, right. you're not. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like I am giving the deer a fighting chance because I do have to get pretty tight to them. And why wouldn't I want to delete a step in the process so I'm more in tune with what I've got going on? Right. And I mean, how many times in the rut have you ranged something, had to adjust your sight or arrange something and you got fixed pins and you're gap shooting? Nope. How many times have you done that and hit a deer high and you're like, fuck, yeah. you know, I freaking blew that one. Not, yeah. not to say that you can't puss one up or hit one bad with a garment. I'm not saying that, but like it's pullback, range, 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 stop. If he stops, let go, it gives you a pin, boom. Like, why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah, it really eliminates two steps, yeah. ranging and then moving your sight. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So I... I I don't, maybe I'm just trying to talk into existence that it's okay to use it, but you're not going to tell me any different. So my thing is like, if you want to, if if it's too easy, then, then you got to take away guns nope. and I don't want to do that. No, You know, we don't want to do that at all, but like, just come to me with a different argument then. 
Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> no, we. My dad won a crossbow at work for a Christmas party. He brought it home. We sighted it in, and it, I built a nice octagon blind. It still sits in there to this day. Really? It's all sighted in, but we've never used it. Mm-hmm. We just kind of put it out there for a rainy day, go shoot the shit, and deer hunt. Yeah. And I've got a crossbow. Um, I think it's a good way to get my daughter into, like, shooting eventually you know it's easy to put like on a on a tripod or a bipod and get it locked in and just get her shoulder it up and and shoot it and it doesn't go bang right you know what i mean there's no recoil to it and it's like oh that's kind of neat let's do it again you know like um but i started on a vertical bow i didn't even know crossbows existed nope you know so like part of me is like, well, that's how you should start her. Do that. And she's got a little bow. Um, it was actually my old bow, just a little red bear bow. And you can shoot arrows, aluminum arrows out of it and everything. And she kind of messes around with it a little bit. So I kind of want to like go down that avenue first, right. see how she takes to that. And if she doesn't, then it's like, okay, let's let's try this, see if it's any different. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. How how have you kind of introduced your son to that? He's shooting my old Browning Micromitis. Really? Yep. You still have that thing? Still have her. You had that in high school, didn't you? I was my younger, younger than high school bow. I was going to say, I remember you having that in high school, though. Yeah, I've never gotten rid of it. But, yeah, that was was my no no sight, no, no release, just winging arrows over deer does he shoot it pretty good yeah he does, does he? pretty good but it's just like it's just there to get him into it yep. get the you know get, the, get the muscle memory get the all that stuff going in to get the feel yeah yep. and then once he gets like gravitates to it i'm gonna I'm sure you're probably gonna buy him something nice and oh yeah because i mean the first boy my dad got me when i was 12 was a pse nova i shot that bow forever Right. You know, and then I, I got a, a Alpine Fatal Impact when I was in high school. And I was, a, I think I was a junior in high school and uh, shot that through college. And then when I got out of college, I'm like, ah, I went to a bear bow, the Truth 2. You remember the Bear Truth 2 that yep. came out? The Primos guys always shot, bought that. I'm like, yeah, this is nice. And I went to PSC and then from there to Matthew. So now I'm kind of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, cool, man. Uh, do you got anything else you want to talk about? Well, not that I can think of offhand. I appreciate you coming on and doing this. Yeah, it's just good catching up with you. Hell yeah, 15 dude. minutes away, and shit, I think it's been three years since I've seen you. <laughs> you know, we, like I said, beginning of this, we hunted a lot in high school and, and hung out a lot and stuff like that. I think we should, now that we got <laughs> younger kids, we should, I need to get, you got the dog still, you got rabbit dogs, yep. don't you? I need to just come and just mooch off you and just let's go rabbit hunt. Yeah. <laughs> you remember... Back in high school, when we went back on your cabin property oh, hunting, yeah. yep. I was sicker than hell. Yep. And I can just picture you looking at me just like it was yesterday. You, you finally looked over and you're like, dude, just let it out. Just cough. <laughs> <laughs> and the deer took off running. I remember. Uh, I remember rabbit funny. hunting back there. You had, what was your beagle's name back then? Buck. Buck. Yep. I remember that son of a bitch taking off through the timber, and you were you would take your gun, your, I think you had a twenty two, and you'd shoot in front of him to yep. get him to stop. He'd chase deer. Yep. Oh, I remember that. Like, it was yesterday. Yeah, that's that's the nice thing about the Garmin now. You know, I, I, there were a lot of miles of, miles of running after a dog chasing a deer, which really pissed me off. 
Yeah. Now I can watch it all on my Garmin and shock him if I have to, which this new dog I got. I haven't had a problem. Good deal. Sweet. Well, cool, man. Thank you very much for doing this. We'll do it again for sure. And yeah. uh, I guess we'll keep drinking these beers. Yeah. Good luck to you this year. Yeah, you too, man. All right, there you have it. Thank you, Jake, very much for coming on, man. It has greatly appreciated. Thank you to everybody out there listening and everybody downloading each week and all your feedback that is greatly appreciated. Don't forget, go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. That is always greatly appreciated. And also, don't forget, go to the Fall Podcast YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the bell notification, leave a comment, watch the videos. That is greatly appreciated as well. So thank you guys very much, and don't forget, we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast. legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment fun to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish there's like high-tech cane pole fishing right here from the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters enjoy the best fishing panama city beach has to offer during chasing the sun sundays at 9 30 a.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment